This is your host, Tia. This is your host, Tia. Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Top 10. Why? Well, hello, 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 everyone, and welcome back to another awesome episode of the Top 10 by Geek Vibes Nation. As always, I'm your host, Tia, and I have with me my amazing co-host tonight, AJ. How are you doing? Doing good, doing good. I'm I'm just ready to talk about The Witcher for the next, what, two hours? I'm ready. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, our top 10 for this evening is going to be the top 10 moments from Netflix's The Witcher. I kind of wanted to do this um, a few weeks ago just because obviously I binge-watched The Witcher and I was overly excited to talk about it. But it actually is good that we're doing it now because this had this gives people – the time to actually have watched the series. So needless to say, spoiler alert, but if you have not seen The Witcher uh, on Netflix, you are ex- extremely missing out. It is an amazing show. I mean, Henry Cavill did a fantastic job as Geralt of Rivia, and as I have spoken about it before, and I was even speaking about it on the GVN Awards Last night, Anya Chalotra did, oh my God, just such an amazing job as Yennefer. And I honestly cannot wait to deep dive into this series. And AJ, I think while it's just the two of us, we should just begin. Um, So I'm going to give you the number 10 spot, please. What is your choice? Uh, Well, (laughs) there's so many good moments. So this is just going to be all random random. So, the first one I'm going to pick is the bat, um, the butcher of Lavican. The end scene and epi- the end fight sequences in episode one, where Geralt fights Renfri's uh, Ren- henchman and fights Renfri herself. I mean, yeah. Ren- yeah. yeah, I'm all over the place. And it's not even it's it's probably one of the best choreographed fights, and not only like um, TV, but movies and um, as a whole as well. Like 2019 has been incredible for action movies and all of that, but The Witcher and the fight choreography between Geralt and the referee was beautiful. Um, I think. The actress' name was Emma Emma Appleton, I think is her name, and she did a fantastic job playing Renfrey. And I'm honestly mad that she uh, okay spoiler alert that she died at the end of that episode. I wanted to see more of her, but uh, Henry Cavill as Gerald, he just showed how badass he can be even though we all know that Henry Cavill can be a badass, even though he's such a sweetheart in real life anyway. Um, So, yeah, overall, I love this fight. Not just 
like the choreography, but like the score was amazing. The sound design was incredible. Um, just the overall fight had me. I was already excited for this, but this overall fight had me so excited that I stuck through the show for the whole eight hours in one day. I didn't take no breaks or nothing. I just watched throughout um, this whole show throughout the day. So I'm picking the Butcher of Blaviken. I have to tell you, AJ, this is on my list, but obviously such a epic and memorable scene is going to be probably on anybody's list who's talking about the Witcher. Yeah. Uh, First of all, I was super surprised that Renfrey died so early on. I wasn't expecting that. I was like, wow, they're really killing her off, I guess, to make way for all of the other storyline, but I, I really didn't expect that and that fight scene really took me away the first time watching it I was like oh oh, holy shit holy (laughs) shit it was it was so beautiful it was one take that uh scene that Geralt went up against Renfri's you know goons pretty much and I thought it was it was so well done it was so well choreographed I mean the sword play and the way that Henry was moving and how he used, uh, uh, I believe it's called sign. He kind of used that one sign where he like blasted that guy or so away. And it was just awesome. It was brutal too. The scene where he like stabs a dude with a sword and then kind of like pulls up, pretty much sling the dude's face in half. Holy shit. That was, that was intense. But yeah, that so was brutal. amazing. It was so brutal. It was, it was so cool. And then not only that, to have the one-on-one between Geralt and Renfri, I mean, she t- tell me that, like, the best scene wasn't freaking when she, like, had the two swords and then she kind of held them together as if yes, they were one that sword. Was a it's a beautiful a- shot. I <laughs> love that. <laughs> It was so good, and then it was, like, so seamless how it, like, then she separated the two to be two swords again. I I just, I was overwhelmed with how cool that fight choreography uh, was. And I will say that, uh, I don't know if you heard, AJ, but there was news that the fight choreographer for the first season of The Witcher will not be returning for the second season, and that kind of really disappoints me because that person did an amazing job. I mean, they did have another person come in for the fight scene at the wedding, and that was also an awesome fight scene. So here's hoping that either they bring that person back or they just bring someone of equal caliber, because we cannot um, we cannot go down in awesomeness for those fight scenes, because they were just too and great. It needs to match the same one. quality. It needs to match the same quality, at least. From the first fight. Absolutely. And it is largely Henry Cavill as well. We all know he was extremely dedicated to this role. He, There were multiple articles of how he, as soon as he found out that they were even doing a Witcher series, he was like, sign me up. I want to be Geralt. So obviously he did his homework. He did his exercises. And we saw it. Yeah. He said oh, he beat this- the game twice. You said he beat the game twice before he got the role. That is just, that's crazy. 
He's a dedicated gamer. It's like coming out more and more of how much he loves gaming, but apparently, I forget what game it is now, but he says that he's been through it like six times already, and like, holy shit, he's he's just a big nerd. <laughs> so it is really cool. I mean, honestly, I, I think that this is an awesome way to start out the whole entire podcast because it honestly is like, the best fight scene I've ever seen. And it was a power move putting that in the first episode. I really quick, just one last thing I have to say about it is that we had gotten early screeners for The Witcher and I had watched it. And I remember instantly, as soon as I watched the first episode, I messaged Kanan and I was like, holy shit, that fight choreography. So AJ, honestly, this is a fantastic way to start out the list. And I ain't going to argue about it. I'm not even going to be mad that you took one of my picks. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm going to get the number nine. See, mine's going to be a little bit more of a, I guess, not as higher up of a scene. I'm trying my best to go in order, but we all know that that never really happens. So nope. mine, mine, of course, is going to be the toss your coin to the witcher. <laughs> it is the one song that was able to replace I don't know if you've ever seen this show AJ but it's called The Righteous Gemstone and there's this one song in it called Misbehaving and it's so ridiculously catchy that it was in my head for weeks and Toss Your Coin to the Witcher is the only song that's been able to replace it and I'm not mad at all and not so much that even it's the song, which is great, but what happens during the song in the uh, second episode as Yaskir is singing it, we obviously uh, see Geralt and Yaskir walk away together, kind of almost like it's one of those friendships that we see throughout the series, Geralt being very resistant of, but also he doesn't fully tell Yaskir to go away. And we so that's the beginning of their friendship, essentially. We see Yennefer um, pushing her eel friends into the pond, lighting up the whole entire building that they're in, which was, like, such a cool uh, moment, I felt like. And I know that I'm not saying any of, like, what anything is properly because that's just how I am. Uh, but... I thought that was awesome. So it really was a combination of I, me just genuinely thinking the song was catchy as hell, but also everything that was happening during that song itself. So that's going to be my number pick for number nine. Tell me, AJ, like, first of all, is Toss Your Coin to the Witcher um, on your iPhone, on, on your playlist and everything? And what about the scenes that were happening during that song? Okay. <laughs> it is not on my phone. I do not have it. I do not really listen to it outside of the show. But I will say that I do like this um, song, and I like how they incorporated it into the show. Um, I think there was a scene when – what's his name again? I forgot his name. Um, the bard, yes, no, yeah, right, when, yeah, and Gerald was walking, 
um, was walking and he was starting to sing the song and then Gerald was like, that's not how it really went. And he was like, what did, what did he say? Oh, my goodness. He, he said something, something that... Akin, um, he said something akin to, like, you know, history is written by the victors, pretty much. Yeah. I know that's not exactly mm-hmm. what he said, but along those lines. But, yeah, and I thought I felt like that was important because we make our own history. It doesn't have to be true. It doesn't have to be fake or anything, but we do make up what we want to hear and what we do and just make us seem cooler or whatever, but at the same time, we know that Gerald is an honest man, and he wants, I guess he doesn't really care what other people think, but he does believe, and, like, he does believe in the truth, and we figured that out within that, within that, um, that, that sequence alone, and I feel like that was probably one of the strongest scenes out of the whole show, because, it just gives us a little bit into the world building and into the psyche of Gerald at the same time. And I felt like that was incredible. Yeah, absolutely. I, I did like that little exchange there because it, as you said, was very telling of who Gerald is, that he wants to be very honest and he points out, Hey, that's not how it happened. Um, and Yaskier's just like kind of like too bad. <laughs> I'm writing the song. I'm getting my own fame and fortune pretty much because he benefits from that. Uh, and we see that kind of Yaskier. And I do generally think that Yaskier is Gerald's friend and views him as a friend. But also at the same time, he's a musician, he's a performer. And mm-hmm. who be- who better to sing about than a witcher, the white wolf? You know, so that's how I feel like it is for uh for yes year. But yeah, I absolutely love that song. I love the scene in it. Um and as I said before, I think I especially love seeing Yennefer kind of push her little push the eels that were once her witch sisters into the pond, which uh, kind of fast forward a little, we find out that those eels have been like that ever since. They've never been transformed back into women, which really kind of sucks. (laughs) Um, When that scene first happened and the head lady witch was transforming them, I was like, oh, that's, if I was like the last girl and I just saw the other two girls get turned into eels, I, I might have made a run for it. I don't want to be a freaking eel. So that whole thing like kind of was jarring to me. But yeah, um, that's going to be my number nine. AJ, let's move along. And what's your number eight? My number eight will be Jennifer's transformation. I just felt like Prior, actually, prior to that, it's still Jennifer's transformation. But prior to that scene, the scene where Jennifer argues with with her lover, I felt like was a strong scene because it dives into her psyche as well, and you know that she's 
wants to be valued and wants everything because of her past. Like, she wasn't respected. She wasn't valued. She wasn't – she was worse than what? What was it, pigs? She was basically worse than uh, worse than pigs, basically, within her upbringing. And just seeing her argue with him about that, and he asked, what do you want? And she says everything. I thought that was so strong, and I just felt like the way she said it was powerful. And ever since then, I was like, she is that girl. <laughs> she, she, I love her. Yeah. And she was willing to give up everything, especially fertility. And she, she just want, she just gave up everything just to get everything. And I felt like it was a contradiction, but she didn't really realize that until like the end. But we'll get to that later. So my next pick is um, Jennifer's transformation. Yeah, 100%. AJ, I'm gonna, my next pick, I'm going to have to pick something big because you're snatching up all the good ones, which <laughs> I don't mind at all. <laughs> you can't talk about The Witcher without talking about Jennifer and then especially Jennifer's transformation. Holy shit, it was it was so powerful. It was so just palpable. I can't even talk. It just, it was amazing. I mean, I didn't know anything about The Witcher, never played the games, didn't read the book. So, but all the promo photos and videos, you know, Yennefer looks the way that we know her as. And so when you first see her and she has a hunchback and, um, a disformed jaw, I kind of was a little confused. I thought to myself, she looks nothing like the promotion. And then obviously we find out that through her whole trials and transformations, that can be changed. But what I loved about that transformation is, first of all, when she's sitting there and she tells the guy that not only does she want her um, – uh, eyes to remain the same, but the slip on her wrist, she also wants to remain as a reminder of who she once was. And yeah, of course, when they first, it's funny because Kanan just kind of, I think, finished The Witcher recently. And he was like, what did they take out of Yennefer? And I was like, her uterus. And that, for a woman, is especially jarring to see, especially since the guy just kind of, like, tossed it onto the fire. I was like, oh, okay. Um, But it's incredibly powerful just seeing, first of all, like, you almost could tell, like, the pain that she was going through during it as, like, you know, things were, like, cracking and all that shit. I mean, it was so intense and as you said like what do you want everything and I love the scene where she's like yelling out and you just see the fire just like shoot up and it's like it was so cool it was kind of on the nose but I didn't care at all because it was so freaking cool to me I loved it I I thought it was just amazing I loved her transformation she's just such a freaking powerful woman and 
honestly the standout in that show. I cannot wait for more Yennefer. The biggest oh. stand-up. She had, like, the best development throughout the show, um, even more so than Gerald. And I just I just, <laughs> I just, just think she was an incredible character, and I can't wait to see her in season two and what she has to do for next season. Oh, me either. Me either, AJ. Honestly, like, it is from what we saw and we'll get we'll get to it, right? But that ending we're gonna see so much more of Yennefer and I think that once we see the three, um, Yennefer, Geralt and Siri uh team up finally together, yeah. nothing nothing's gonna stop them. It's gonna be so badass, it's gonna be so amazing. So yeah. Whew. Yennefer's transformation was so great. I like I could rewatch that over and over and over again. I felt like I felt powerful for her. I was like, I I feel like this is a victory for all of us. But yeah, um, great pick, AJ, uh, for the number eight. Oh, and I do want to say, I don't know if it's just me. I I kind of always felt a little weird about her lover and their like relationship. I always felt like I don't know something was a little strange about it. Like, I kind of always was waiting for him to betray her. I don't know if you got the same feeling that I did. It just felt like, because you know how she looked, you know, she had the hunchback, she had the disformed jaw, and I know that there's someone for everyone, and, you know, you look past the (laughs) physical traits, you know. I'm not trying to sound superficial here, but I just felt like everyone everyone kind of felt that way about her, and I almost felt like he was using her. Did you feel that same way? No, I actually thought that he genuinely liked her. <laughs> I, I bought her throughout the, um, the whole time until we actually saw a scene where he was talking to his headmaster, and the headmaster was saying, did you get any more from, anything from her? And I I don't know. I just I just thought that he played the part well, and I didn't <laughs> I didn't see it coming. You can call me gullible, but I didn't see it coming. No, no, no. I'm glad that you didn't feel that way. I mean, I felt, felt bad, bad that I felt that. that. Uh, Sorry about that, guys. Um, as there I you. always say, the top ten is cursed, and it likes to play games with us. But we're all good now. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I don't know. Maybe that's just me, like uh, I, just being suspicious, because I felt like the show was going to go in that direction with the lover. But that that's just me. Um, they, now that you're pointing that out, how he kind of like, you know, withheld information to essentially protect her. Yeah, yeah. I, I was well, just suspicious. I felt like that was like a normal too, formula. I, I think Sorry, that he I think that he liked her and then I guess the headmaster find found out that she was I don't know. I don't know how to explain that. <laughs> no, I completely understand. I mean, that's just me about it and um, you know, it could be one of those things where he was the only person who saw past all of those flaws and 
maybe we should stop being so cynical in the world because I've certainly felt cynical about it. But um, <laughs> great pick about universe transformation. I'm going to get the number seven. And because I don't feel like you getting this, I'm going to grab it. And it's going to be Yennefer um, trying to save the baby. So, that was the next you know, one. <laughs> <laughs> good. Good, I'm, I'm taking that from you. Um, but so we see Yennefer having her powers at this point. She's a mage. Um, and as, I guess what I got from it, it took me a, a little while to kind of understand everything. But essentially, I guess, once they become witches, then they're assigned to kingdoms and stuff to protect people. And she's obviously there trying to protect this woman whose husband obviously sent some sort of mystical creature to go kill her because she continues giving him daughters as opposed to sons. And yeah. I just I just thought that that scene was intense uh, with Yennefer constantly trying to get the girl to safety and opening up portals to keep hopping around, but then the creature and the guy constantly following them. But uh, you could tell what I loved about it is it was this massive chase. It was really intense. And you can tell as the thing was happening, as it was going on, that Yennefer was obviously kind of getting tired. I mean, you would. And the magic, as we saw, is not endless. And so... I don't think that she could have made the jump any further, but she was trying. She kept continuing to try. And even after that, I, I, I don't know if she was like a princess or just, you know, a woman, but after the woman offers her baby in order to spare worst her own life. Year, I'm sorry? That's the worst mother of the year, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she really is. That's her child, the worst mother. I was like, you bitch. <laughs> like, you're sitting there going, don't hurt my baby. Don't hurt my baby. And you're running, going all through all that. And you're just like, here, take the child. And I was like, you know what? I am so happy that you're dead. You deserve that 100%. Um, and then we see Yennefer pick up the baby, and she's running. And, I, oh, AJ, I really... I really thought that Yennefer had saved the baby. I was heartbroken when she obviously sees that, no, the baby's dead, and she buries the baby. And then she has that line afterwards where she kind of says, like, you know, maybe you are kind of the lucky one here because even though I'm a powerful mage, even though women can get these powers, we're still thought of as inferior, we're still fucked over, and maybe uh, you were just avoided a whole lifetime of that. And, yeah, that that's the scene. Um, it was heart-pounding, heart-racing, and I really did not see them killing the baby. I was like, wow, the Witcher did this. The Witcher decided that they were going to kill a baby. Um Good job, Witcher. Now I hate everything. But uh, AJ, <laughs> what, <laughs> you said that this is on your list. So, what are your thoughts of this scene? Yeah, you basically said everything that I was going to say. Um, I thought that scene, uh, 
prior to her um, burying the baby, I thought the mother obviously was the worst mother of 2019. Um, <laughs> but before that, um, I don't I don't remember her name, but she was trying to get Jennifer to talk and talk, and she seemed nice, but just like in the real world, people can seem nice but end up being assholes, and that's what she was. Um, I don't know if she was a queen, but she was definitely, like, part of a noble family. I don't know how they – I don't know the term for the witcher since I'm not in tune into it as much as most people are. But I just felt like, once again, the world building felt natural to me, at least. And that lady – she represents, like, I would probably say almost most people in this world. They just don't care about their family. They just care about themselves and all of that. And I just felt like Yennefer, okay, on the another end, um, Yennefer talking to the baby or talking to herself saying that you're one of the lucky ones. You cheated the system without even knowing it, and that's why you're the lucky one, because women are treated unfairly and still are being treated unfairly. And I just thought it was really sad, because you can tell in Yenisha's face that she knows that she isn't happy in this um, in that world, and... She wished she was dead, but she knows now that she has to live on and suffer through it instead of being weak and, like, yeah, in her term, um, being weak and surviving throughout all the hardships. So this is, what is it? This is probably one of the moments where she developed, um, she's developed the most within the series from being what is it? Uh, God, now I can't even think of the... It's from being a timid little girl to a more confident... Um, it's the beginning of her becoming more confident and getting what she wants and not, <laughs> I guess, not giving a fuck about anything besides herself. Um, so she can get what she wants. So the overall scene, I'm not going to lie, I teared up a little bit. Um, did not know that we were going to have a dead baby in the series, but Netflix did it. So kudos to Netflix for doing something so dark, <laughs> depressing. <laughs> so, yeah, I agree with this. Um, I agree with this one. And I just wanted to say something really quick before we move on when you were saying how um, her saying to the baby that she cheated the system without even knowing it, it made me think that in that moment we realized that Jennifer has realized that even though she has this great power that she was provided and she certainly probably thought at the time that this is going to give her the independence and freedom that she's always wanted that in the end 
despite being so powerful, she is still a woman in this type of world and is still just essentially used as someone else's property and only is there to be of use to someone else. So I think that we learned that Yennefer in the years since her transformation has kind of realized that and she's become jaded, um, which is, you know, super fucking depressing. So, um, yeah, that scene was intense. And as you said, I guess kudos for Netflix for doing something so dark because you would think that they would shy away from it, but no, they didn't at all. And it was a great scene. So, um, yeah, that is the number seven is Yennefer trying to save the baby. AJ, what is your number six? My number six is Gerald talking to his mother. I don't remember the mother's name, but when he was at near near death, um, he was talking to his mother, I guess in a vision or whatever. I don't really know. <laughs> but... <laughs> I just felt like this was a scene that showed Gerald in a way that we haven't seen him before. He felt betrayed. He felt not as confident as he usually is. Um, He felt like that he was not in control of his own life and and, um, what's going to come next. But we just saw a weakness within Gerald that we haven't seen before. As we know that within the um, the story, uh, witchers are known to not have emotion or anything, but that seems to be different with Gerald. So that makes him even more special than most witchers. And I just felt like this scene just showed the vulnerability. I hope I said that right. Vulnerability of Gerald's emotions and psyche and all of that. And it just wanted me, it just wanted me um, to know more about his past because in that scene, you can just see how scared he is or how scared he was. And when he said, um, when he asked his mom, did you know before you sent me, asking, like, did you know that I was going to become this? And did you know that I might have been blind and possibly dead? And he just wanted to know why his mother did that to him, why his mother left him. And I just felt like that was probably one of the most heartbreaking scenes within his storyline in The Witcher. So I'm going to choose um, Joe talking to his mother. Yeah, that was a really good scene. And I keep pointing this out to people that I talk to The Witcher about because I can't stop talking about The Witcher. <laughs> but throughout the whole entire season, anyone who encounters Geralt makes an effort to say, oh, witchers have no emotion. And to Mm -hmm. me, throughout the series, it proves the exact opposite. And we can go through all of the other examples, but 
a huge example of that whole statement being completely contradictory is the fact that we see him not only, I, I believe it was a hallucination, a hallucination of his mother. So he still yeah. has those like family, like longing and the fact that he still to this day after being a witcher for so long, is still thinking back on that whole moment that, hey, there was a life before this, and did you know? I mean, that was powerful, him asking her, did you know that? And I really would like that to be explored more in the second season. Correct me if I'm wrong, AJ, but wasn't it kind of revealed that his mother might have been a mage as well? I don't remember that specifically. I might have to go back and check that. Check out for that. Look out for that. I I think she was a mage, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. So <laughs> no, it, and it's okay. I mean, I gotta go back and look at it too because I don't remember at this moment. But it certainly was a revealing scene that I would have liked to see more and to see. Geralt, again, has this very vulnerable state because that scene was him, as you said, essentially thinking that he was dying. In, I guess in his mind or even in reality, he was dying. And the last thing that he was truly seeing was his mother. I really like that scene in general. I like his kind of back and forth with that little with that guy mm-hmm. because he just kind of <laughs> seems very genuine. And I don't know. I, I like that whole interaction between the two of them. And I loved I know I'm getting like way ahead of myself and I'm only gonna say a little bit more, but I kinda loved when the guy was like so excited to get Geralt back to his wife and he's like, It's a witcher, get him some ale. Um <laughs> I just like their little interaction, apparently, even though Geralt is very stoic and very, not the warmest of people, he tends to bring some sort of warm feelings out of people. So I I like that whole interaction in general, and I certainly liked everything with his mother. So she was a sorceress. Geralt's mother was a sorceress. Oh, did you just list that up? Yeah. Oh, hi. Yeah, that, and that was surprising. Um, I don't think I would have thought that, but it's kind of cool. And, again, because I don't know a whole lot about The Witcher in general, my knowledge pretty much is everything that I see from the actual show. But do you think that's the reason why he looks the way he does? Because I assume that every witcher kind of looked like that because of the transformation that they went through. But we saw another witcher previously in the series and that witcher had black hair. So maybe the whole thing about his mother being a mage and maybe that running through his veins, I could be completely wrong. And people who are like so. hard witcher fans would be like, you're wrong. <laughs> I think the only transformation that's physical within like, the witchers, that's all the same as just the eyes. I think that's, like, the only difference they all have. I think I could be wrong on that one. But I think that's the only, like, physical change within the body. I mean, now your guess is as good as mine. Yeah. Yeah. 
I don't know. I, I just, I think I had read somewhere, and again, I could be wrong. I thought I had read that the reason why his hair is so white is because it, the transformation pretty much like drains the life out of you. But clearly that wasn't the case for the other Witcher. Maybe that just meant that the other Witcher wasn't as strong and he probably would have been alive if he had some white hair going on. Who knows? But yeah, um, I really like Geralt speaking with his mother. I really think that that was a wonderful scene. So I'm glad that you put it on here. Um, just so that we could have explored Geralt and his vulnerability a little bit more. Um, I'm going to take the next one. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to name it this, um, but it really isn't this. But my number five is going to be the orgy scene. <laughs> because it's the first time that Geralt meets Yennefer. Um, and I kind of just like everything that is surrounding that scene because we see Geralt, uh, again, his, his, his development. He essentially seems very annoyed by Yaskier at first. And then when it comes to a moment where Yaskier is dying, which, by the way, I need to backtrack for a moment because that shit was the funniest thing I ever saw when – Geralt is trying to find the djinn, and Yaskier is, like, uh, pecking at him, pretty much. And (laughs) Geralt, like, makes a pass at his singing. And he's like, tell me what you think of my singing. And Geralt has, like, that line where he goes, it's like ordering a pie. It has no filling. And Yaskier's like, you need a nap. Um, So to go from that to Yaskier dying and Geralt, doing whatever he can to make sure that Yaskier lives. I like that a lot. So he takes Yaskier, um, who has this, like, very bloated neck and, again, is dying, and he goes to find, and he goes to find the mage and opens up the door, and there is this massive orgy scene happening, and it is like, whoo, this is graphic here. Okay, this is like a... I don't know, AJ, if you've ever seen the movie Eyes Wide Shut with um, Tom yeah. Cruise and Nicole Kidman. Okay, mm-hmm. this scene was probably even more graphic than that. But um, And poor Yaskier is just kind of like sitting there helpless as like two women are kind of like humping on top of him. I just thought it was hilarious. And there is Yennefer sure. looking so beautiful, so badass. And he's kind of, and Perfect. Gerald perfection and Geralt's like I brought you apple juice and I love their little I love their little exchange so much where she's like oh you're the witcher I thought she would have had fangs and he's like and he says uh I had them filed down I love that so much it's sprinkled all throughout the season and I love it He had great, like, comedic timing, as you said, like, little dry humor moments. That was amazing. Yeah, so you see that between the two of them, and you already knew, oh, this is going to be the start of something intense. So, yeah, my scene is going to be the orgy scene because it's, oh, and really quick, the best is that 
which I guess is kind of wrong, but Yennefer uh, releases everyone from her spell, and they all are kind of like, what the hell were we just doing? So uh, she uh, she pretty much is just watching a bunch of people get it on for her own amusement. So, yeah, that's my number five. <laughs> what do you think about that, uh, AJ? Uh, I was actually going to choose that one next. <laughs> but I wasn't going to name it the orgy scene. <laughs> oh, I wanted to. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> but yeah, I agree with everything you said. Um, the one thing I would like to mention is that specific scene where um Gerald Gerald opens the door and you just see so many people having sex and all of that, and you see Jennifer at the back of everything, just overlooking everything. It just shows that her character is bored of mm-hmm. everything that's around her, and she just wants more excitement, hence all the people having sex, I guess, is more exciting, but she still looks bored with her life, and she know, she realizes this that she still has more to offer and she still wants more. And I just like the symmetry, what is it, symmetry, goodness gracious, symmetry between Gerald and um, Yennefer. And I just think those two, I love those two together. (laughs) Uh, I, was, I, was <laughs> I was honestly mad when they separated. I, was it the last episode? Anyway, um, I do agree with you. Um, I also want to mention um, the dry humor that Henry Cavill had kind of reminds me of Batman. Um, not the movie version of Zack for those things, no. Um, but the like, the comic book version of Batman, he has dry humor. Most people just think he's always serious and all that. But Batman is actually pretty funny, in my opinion. I think he has dry humor, and it's perfect timing, like um, The Witcher, um, Gerald. And I, it just kind of reminded me of that. But anyway, I do agree that the orgy scene should be on this. Um, if nothing else, it's probably one of the sexiest scenes of all. So, yeah. (laughs) I like what you pointed out, though, AJ, about her being bored in life and having to create excitement. And this, I mean, this is intense. She is literally orchestrating a bunch of people having sex with each other in front of her. And she still looks bored. She's still so bored about it, and that's something that you really see happen with Yennefer, that after she gets all of her powers, she gets pretty much, let's say, everything that she wanted up until that point, right? She looks looks beautiful. She has power. Um, She is away from her abusive father. And it's her realizing it's not enough. It's not enough for for her at all. And that's where we see her at this moment. And I think that as soon as Geralt walked into her life, it was like, oh, 
now we see almost this like resurgence in Yennefer, but then something obviously happens. I'm not sure if we'll, you know, touch upon this at some point, but I, I agree, AJ, I hated when they separated. I was like, wait, I just got you two together. <laughs> I wanna I wanna point out one thing about that scene um that I forgot about. Um I think at that point she realized that she had everything that she wanted um before. Um she had the power. She can get literally anybody she wanted. Um, but there was still one thing that she could not get and that was a baby. I think at that point she really wanted to ba- uh, wanted a baby, but because she chose power and beauty over everything at the time, where we mentioned her transformation, um, she realized that she wanted that part of her life back, and she couldn't get it back. So she, what's the word? She chose. I guess she chose that specific version of herself. Oh my goodness. I can't even think anymore. She chose that specific <laughs> version of sex and all that because she wanted a baby. And like what you said, when Gerald entered the room, uh, she was more interested in him than anything else. Um I she always asked um she always talked, she tried to get him engaged and all of that. And she, at the same time, stayed mysterious. And I just like, like I said before, I just like the chemistry between each other. And Gerald, as we know on the outside, he always tries to act tough. But in the inside, we all really know that he really isn't that tough. But, yeah, so. mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) No, I completely agree. And that's something really I could probably go on and on about what that whole aspect of Jennifer really symbolizes her you know having everything that she wanted but now she can't have a baby and like that symbolizing the sacrifice that modern women have to make where you know they can't have it all they can only have, you know, they can have a career, they can have motherhood, you know, and there's that constant struggle and um, and I can make a thousand, like, connections there, but I loved it completely. And, um, yeah, that just, it goes into what we see Jennifer constantly wanting throughout the series. What does she want? I want everything. Um, I don't know if you're going to get everything, Jennifer, but <laughs> I guess it's okay to keep being in pursuit of it. But, yeah, so um, that's going to be my pick for the number five. AJ, what is your pick for the number four for our list? Um, I think I'm going to go back, back to episode one where Gerald meets the warlock. I think, and he had a line about evil. Um, the quote was, um, "Evil is evil, lesser greater, middling mm-hmm. makes no difference. The degree and arbitrary the definition is blurred. If I'm to choose between one evil and another, I'd rather not choose at all." 
Um, I just thought that, first and foremost, was a badass line. I think it's probably one of the best lines and most memorable lines of 2019. I just have to point that out. Anyway, I just think it speaks at first when I heard heard it and what is it? At first when I heard him say that, I did believe that he didn't have any emotions. He just didn't care about anything. But throughout the episodes, you realize that he tried not to meddle in other people's affair as much because he knows that whichever way he chooses, it's going to be the wrong choice to him at least. And uh, I guess like throughout the episode where Renfrey talks to him and then the warlock talks to him and they're trying to make him choose between one person or another. And ultimately he did make a choice, but he did, he doesn't realize that if it was the right choice or the, um, wrong choice at the time. I still don't think he still knows if it's the right choice or wrong choice, but all in all, he did make a choice, and I think he regrets it, and it just speaks to him more. It, it speaks to me more as um, his character develops because he does start to choose more and more as the series goes, and he does become a better person instead of just a person that kills monsters and make money. He he has his destiny. He knows that he has a destiny, and he's going for that destiny rather than just killing monsters and making money um, as his life. And within that, he finds someone that he likes more, um, more than he likes another woman. He, he meets Jennifer and... She makes him a better person just like he made her a better person within within the series, and that's probably one of the most important things within the um, season one, I felt like. And it all revolves around that one specific quote, and I just really loved it. So that's my choice. The evil, evil is evil scene is mine. I personally love that, and I think that quote really was telling of Geralt from day one, that he has a set of morals, he has a code that he lives by, Um, and to me at least, I know that the way he delivered it was very stone-faced, but I think that there were a lot of emotions behind that quote of his, and I think that it was very telling that he was making sure to kind of call the warlock out on his bullshit by saying, you know, doesn't matter, lesser evil, greater evil, you know, you're still picking evil at that point. And I think that that was really great for him to kind of stand up and say that against the warlock. Um, And the warlock's like, whole thing against Renfrey was completely absurd. Um, and I don't know why now it's making me think of that fight again between them, maybe because it was so amazing. Uh, but again, that quote, 
talks about him having a moral and having a code. And in that fight, right before Geralt and Renfrey go at it with each other, what does he say to Renfrey? He goes, um, if we cross swords with each other, like, that's it. If it starts... um, Exactly. And that he always puts out these statements that let you know exactly who he is, even if they are, say, delivered in a very monotone and dry sort of way. There is a lot behind his words. So I I really like this scene. Um, I really, like, hated the warlock. And I don't know if you know this, but that's the brother of Mads Nicholson. I don't know. I did not. I don't know why. I thought, yeah. <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> when I first saw it, I was like, wait, what? His last name is Nicholson. And that's, that's the brother. I don't know. You know what it is? That guy played a really just revolting character in BBC Sherlock. So anytime I see him in anything, I can't get that out of my head, the fact that he was <laughs> in Sherlock. So automatically when I saw him on screen, I was like, I'm not going to like this guy. And what happens? I do not like this guy. <laughs> yeah, I um, I still like that quote. It's great. I mean, that's the quote that was in like every trailer pretty much. So it was it pretty just, bad. It just, speaks, it just speaks to his skill as an actor um, to just make us hate his character so much. It kind of reminds me of um, uh, what's his name off of Game of Thrones? Uh, the guy with all the dogs. He got eaten by his dogs. Um, it'll come to me, but um, wait, what guy with dogs? Dogs. The guy from Game of Thrones. I can't remember his name on top of my head. I have to look it up later. But he was probably. No, not Littlefinger. Um, God. Okay. Anyway, I, I'm sorry. Way <laughs> I'm way off track. Anyway, but yeah, it just speaks to the level of skill that he has as an actor to just make us just say, "Fuck this guy." <laughs> just, just. Oh. I hope he dies as soon as as soon as possible. It just speaks to him as an actor. Yes, I'm sorry. Yes, I yes. had to look oh that up. <laughs> oh my goodness. Ramsey. Oh God, I hated him so much. Hated him. Best villain of what? Twenty seventeen, twenty sixteen, whatever whatever. Anyway, like I said, it's Lars Mick oh, what is his last name? Mickelson. Great Mickelson. actor. Great actor. Fuck yeah. his character. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's true. We wouldn't dislike him so much if it weren't for the ability of the actor, but I hated him. I was like, that's so stupid to want Renfrey dead just because she was, what, born under, like, a, I don't know, a full moon or what? I don't a even remember moon, yeah. what full of the reason was, but it was a shitty reason. It was like, oh, she must be bad. She was born on you know, the 13th of the month. There's some bullshit like that. So. Friday the 13th is bad luck. Yeah, it's bad luck. She's a lefty. She got to go. 
that, that yep. was the thing. She she wrote with her left hand. It was the devil's work. She needed she needed to get the boot. So yeah, um, I love this scene. I think certainly it tells a lot of what you need to know of Geralt's character right off the bat. So awesome scene. Um, I am going to get number three, and it's kind of going to be like more of a lighthearted thing and more of a general thing, but I felt like we had a lot of intense scenes and we need to have a little bit of a more lighthearted thing, and it's going to be um, Yennefer and Yaskir's bitchiness towards each other. That's and that that's the name completely because they're hilarious against each other. It's like you have the um, possessive best friend of Geralt, who is completely jealous of Yennefer, uh, who you know is this powerful woman coming into Geralt's life, and they're just hilarious with each other from their first interaction where she saves him and he gets up and he pretty much, what does he say? He goes, oh, he's like, I believe I have, he's like a uh, a cat. I left a cat on the oven and kind of like <laughs> ran out. And I just thought that was so funny. Like everything that he says, even when he says to Geralt, he's like, let's leave the very sexy witch to her ultimate demise. And, um, but then obviously we see them interact with each other when they go on the hunt for the dragon, and they're just exchanging, like, these really, like, fast quips against each other, and I just thought it was hilarious. I needed to see more of the two of them go at it, because it was kind of, it was funny. It was really funny to me, and showed more of, like, Yaskir's timing, and just Yennefer being completely done with the Askier. So I thought it was hilarious. But um, what do you think about that, AJ? Just like their overall, um, I'm going to call it friendship, deep down. They like each other. Deep, deep, deep down. <laughs> right into their souls, they care about each other. But, yeah, I I agree 100%. I love their character interactions. Um, <laughs> to be honest, all of the character interactions I really loved. Um, but specifically those two, I thought they were probably one of the, some of the funniest moments throughout the um, season. Um, you can just tell that, what is it called? I guess they have like this, I guess it's too soon to say, but I, right now I'm just going to say it. I guess they have like this brother-sister relationship where, one makes fun of the other, one doesn't like each other, and all all of that. I just thought it was they those two together just had just great moments. Um, the scene where he wakes up <laughs> and you see Jennifer on um, get on top of the bed, and he was like, oh, "Wait, what? Oh, uh. <laughs> he, he was so confused, he didn't know what to do. He was like, "Oh, I gotta, I gotta go," <laughs> and just straight up run ran away. And I just thought that part was hilarious. And, yeah, so I I agree with you completely. I love those two together. Best comedic <laughs> moments <laughs> of all time were with those two. So, yes, I agree. I'm really hoping that in season two, obviously, we know that, um, you know, Geralt was uh, finally re- – 
I know that we still have like two more places to go here, but I'm just going to say it. Uh, even though Geralt was united with Siri, we obviously know he's going to be reunited with Yennefer, and the three of them are going to go off and have their little adventure. I certainly hope that he brings Yaskir along with him because Yaskir's going to be the best with Siri. He's going to try and be a little mother hen, and Yennefer oh. is just going to vote. <laughs> there, there, there was yep. a tweet I saw. There was a tweet um, I saw before I got, um, before I called in, and it was a picture of Gerald and um, Jaskier, and there was a, a side by side picture of Shrek and Donkey together. And I don't know why, but I was dying laughing. I was like, this is this is exactly what they are, <laughs> and, and I loved it. So I just wanted to point that out. Um, that moment on Twitter just made my day. So I just wanted to point that out. If anybody wants to check it out, it's just look up side by side comparison. I I saw that picture as well, and I thought that it was hilarious because it really is what it is. But uh, Geralt and Yaskier are Shrek and Donkey completely. So it's hilarious. Yeah, no, it's gonna be great. I need season two of The Witcher to come out tomorrow because as you, I know, binged eight hours of it, but when I got the early screening to it, I binged like the first five episodes maybe three or four times just because I was waiting for the last three episodes to come out. And then as soon as the last three came out, then I watched those, like, a couple of times, too. And then I was like, damn, what do I do now? Now I especially don't know what to do with myself. This, this is why I do not like Netflix's system. It needs to come out weekly basis. Many people don't like that. If I watch a, if I watch a show and it's all there, I'm just going to binge it throughout. I'm not going to stop. But – if they give us limitate, if they give me limitations, I'll be much more happier. Like with um the Mandalorian that released uh, 2019 as well, it was on a weekly basis. So throughout the week, I was just looking forward to it, and I kept on talking about the Mandalorian and all of that. But with Game of Thrones, I probably like talked about it for like four days straight, and then I just stopped talking about it. Because nobody else is talking about it. <laughs> so I, I, was, uh, I do not like Netflix's system. They need to change it. And that's like the only rant I'm just going to give for the day throughout this episode. <laughs> I agree with you and I disagree with you at the same time, AJ, just because I I like that they put it out there all at once because I want to know more. Like with The Mandalorian, every time it ended, I was like, shit. I gotta wait now a whole entire week. To but find you out can guess. That's, that's the point. That's the point. You can like make theories. You can talk to other people what they think about the episode, what they think of what's gonna happen next. There's there's a lot of what interaction within like the guessing game. You know how like old TV shows are like wait until next week. I, I don't remember what they say, but it's like wait until next week and um, for the next episode and then all of that. I, it's just the excitement of it that I enjoy. Oh, sorry about that. Um, Again, 
agree with you and disagree with you because <laughs> I have work on Fridays, and so when The Mandalorian was coming out, I'm on Twitter and I'm seeing everyone react to The Mandalorian. I haven't seen The Mandalorian yet, and so at least with The Witcher and stuff like that on Netflix, I'm able to binge watch it all at once on, like, say, the weekend. But I did hear something that Netflix may toy around with putting certain programs out on a week-to-week basis. I don't think that it's going to be anything serious. I think they're going to, like, do it with, say, the great British baking show. But it might be their way to test out. My girlfriend loves that show. I think, no, I think that is weekly. They they did do that. They are doing that weekly. Yeah. Oh, well, tell my, your my girlfriend, girlfriend she has good taste because I love it. I love that show. They need to do a version of The Witcher. They'll do uh, Witcher-themed cupcakes or some shit like that. They'll they'll come up with something really fancy. Oh, It'll be great. off topic, by the way. I got hmm. my girlfriend watching um, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. You um, told me. I'm season. so happy. And she loves it. Um, we're going to watch. We're probably going to binge most of it on Monday since I have work for like the next week. And this is our show that we're loving it right now. Oh, I'm so I'm kind of mad. <laughs> I'm kind of mad that I didn't watch it earlier. It's so good and funny. <laughs> I, it, I mean, I didn't watch the first episode, I mean, the first season from the get-go. The second episode, I mean, wow, why do I keep saying episodes? The second season had come out, and I saw all the promotions, and I was like, oh, this looks really good. So then I had to obviously go back and watch the first season, loved it. The third season, so good. AJ, please come to me when you finally have finished the entire series so that we can talk about it, because there are certain key points that I want to talk to you about. Do we do we know when season four is coming out? Probably next year, because season three just came out December 6th oh, yeah, um, that's right. of 2019. Yeah, so we have I'm try to get. I'm going to try yeah. to get done with season two before she has to go back to school. So hopefully that will be done. <laughs> And that way we don't have to, like, rush through season three if we have time for season four. And you have gotcha. a year. You have a year. Like, if next year comes and you haven't finished it, then I'm going to be upset. So you have a year. I'll <laughs> give you the year, and then you can watch it. Then you, you'll have your moment there to watch it because it's awesome. Oh, and season two, I know this is, like, way off topic, but season two introduces Zachary Levi's character, and I really liked him in it, so I've watched two episodes of season two. I cheated and watched Uh, two episodes of season two. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) Well, that's bad. We don't do that here, AJ, just like we don't use each other's passwords for certain streaming services. I mean, what? <laughs> um, let's move that on. never happened. Never happened. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, but let's move on back to The Witcher, even though, again, I could talk all day about The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. It is a gem, and I know that a lot of people will sit there and think that it is completely girly, but I, first, I either get people 
and now now you're getting me on a tangent here, but really quick, I either get people who don't want to watch it because they think it's going to be too girly, or if you say the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, I'll have coworkers who will be like, you know, I'm not really into that whole Marvel superhero stuff. And I'm like, just because it has the word marvelous in it does not mean that it has anything to do with Marvel. If anything, it has something to do with DC because Zachary Levi's in it. So there you go. There's the superhero <laughs> connection there. <laughs> um, but AJ, what is your number two? I can't believe we're at the number two already, but what is your number two for our Witcher list? I'm going to do the law of surprise. Um, when I think his name is Lord Urchin, or I, I don't know how to pronounce his name, but um, the the um, knight that was cursed and couldn't take his helmet off until like the twelfth bell has rung. Um, I just thought, I think you were talking about this earlier, but I just thought the action sequence um, when they all tried to kill him was probably it was almost as good as the first fight sequence between Gerald and Renfrey. Um, but I just thought this was a cute but at the same time dark um, episode. Um, we all know the trope. The knight in shiny armor comes and takes the princess and all yada 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 all that. Um, but I just thought I just thought that the way they did this, where we we got this throughout the whole season, but in this season, um, this um, um, episode specifically, it touched on the discrimination between humans and monsters and. Yes, it has been sprinkled throughout the whole season, but you, we know that humans fear monsters, and monsters hate humans for, we all know the reasons for that, but I just didn't like that, what, I forgot the quick down, I just want to say the queen, the queen wanted Gerald to do her dirty work and kill said monster, even though he was a human being, but was cursed, and he just flat out said no. <laughs> he flat out said, no, I'm not doing that. He's cursed. He's not hostile to anybody, and it just shows that even the queen and kings and the higher you are, the more powerful you are, um, the more What's the what's the word prejudice against anybody you um you want to be against? Even though he was human, he was cursed. He just didn't look human, and she didn't like that. And she wanted him dead, so um to so that he wouldn't marry the princess. And I just like the equilibrium between. The people that was for the um, law of surprise and those that were that were still for the law of surprise, they were still loyal to that, 
and the rules that it was given and all of that. Um, so I just thought, like, all of that combined with each other, I thought it was cool and amazing. So I'm choosing the Law Surprise as my last pick. Yeah, this is funny because I put on The Witcher, so that is actually the scene that's, like, going to happen in about two minutes. Um, the lo- So I still for a long time wasn't really knowledgeable, like, of what the law of surprise was, but I feel like I, I now have a pretty good understanding of it. But that whole scene... There's so much to deconstruct from that, right? So you have, obviously, there's going to be a wedding, and it's going to be the princess. And it is not the traditional wedding that you think where um, the bride is actually happy because she doesn't even know who she's going to marry. Uh, It's just one of those type of things. And we see a lot of dynamics there. We see that the princess is obviously not happy about this. Uh, Her mother, the queen, blatantly telling her, did you think I wanted to marry your father? You know, once you're married, you can have whoever you want. Um, And that, obviously, again, not sitting well with the princess at all. And then we have the knight coming in, and he is revealed to be a monster. I loved what the queen said later on. You brought a porcupine into my kingdom. <laughs> but what was cool about that scene also was that, first of all, we find out that the guy actually is not a monster. He is cursed. And we see that Geralt has a little bit of a soft side for those who are cursed because he did that with the princess who was the monster, right? He was like, she's no monster. She's the princess. And then he says, he's not a monster. He's cursed. And he's very adamant about that. Even while the queen is sitting there saying, you know, kill this monster. You're a witcher. He's a monster. Do it. And Geralt's like, no, he's not a monster. He's, he's cursed. Uh, so that was pretty interesting. And we get that fight scene with, um, with Geralt, the porcupine, and then even the king which I'm assuming he's the king, even though the queen took a much more of a, whatchamacallit, I can't even talk. She took more of a dominant role, it seemed like, even in ruling. Um, But I'm assuming he's the king because he's her husband, so that if she's the queen, that would make him the king. But he uh, fights alongside Geralt and the porcupine, against everyone, and that spicy was really good. It was really, really good. Um, Just the sword play in it was fantastic, and then there's just so much, right? There's so much. I mean, the the curse being lifted. Oh, um, at first thinking that the queen had accepted the union, and then her trying to kill the guy, that was like cool, um, and then freaking <laughs> the law of surprise. I do love that, where they're like, wait, <laughs> I owe you the law of surprise, and Gerald's like, oh, fuck, he's like, okay, whatever, you know, um, <laughs> promise promise me what you have, but don't know that you have, and then she's like, pukes, and it's like, oh, she's obviously preggers, and Gerald's just like, 
<laughs> I, I did love that. But I, um, so the law of surprise pretty much in that moment, it was like, okay, you're promised the baby, but just like for him to have the baby in general or to protect the baby. I was very confused. Can you shed some light on this whole law of surprise thing for me? Because I feel like I'm still not. 100% in the know about it. Like what the meaning of the loss of law of surprises or just that yeah. specific scene? I'm confused in general and I guess in that specific scene what that really meant. Uh, I feel like I'm not good at explaining anything. Um <laughs> With the law of surprise, I, as a whole, I think it's when if a man or a woman saves another person, then either that person or their heir has to um, do what they want them to do, um, the person that saved them, that is. If they call law of surprise and, God. Oh. <laughs> All right. I don't want to like. I don't want to put yeah. too much of a bind here. <laughs> no, I. It just it confused me just a little, but it's still like. Don't get me wrong. It was a fantastic scene. That whole thing. There was so much to dissect about it, and and I will say really quick that in this scene. And I think that I said something to either Jawan or Kanan, then they kind, or maybe even it was you. And either one of you thought that I was nuts, but I didn't particularly like the queen. I don't know what it was about her. She was very arrogant, and I feel like her unwillingness to kind of see that her daughter is happy was very um, just off-putting to me. I didn't find her you know, really necessarily strong, even though she was breaking gender barriers in fighting alongside her husband on the battlefield. Like, that's cool, but I just didn't feel like she was that likable. Which, again, good on the actress, because she certainly played the part, but how did you feel about her character? Am I completely wrong in this? I mean, I I liked her character, but I do agree that the character itself was not good. Um, and what I mean by that is, like you said, she was arrogant, um, way too confident to herself, um, just trying to break rules because it only it was rules because it was revolved around men. And I guess that that's fine that she didn't want to um, – wanted to, like, listen to all those rules since they're all made by men and all that. But the way that she went about it was bad and in poor taste. Um, She thought that she was always right because she was a a woman. I think in the real world, there's a lot of people, a lot of women like that, they think they know best and they think that women are better than men instead of being equal. So I think that's what that queen represented. 
instead of like a queen that would like want equal um people to be equal like men and women to be equal and so on and so forth i think her character was just to like to bring more variety to i guess women as a whole because just like men there's bad men that are way too confident to themselves and think that women are lesser lesser beings but you also have men that think that women can be strong and equal and even sometimes um more powerful than men it's fine and that's the same way with women women can just say all men ain't shit and all of that but there's another spectrum where women um oh god now I lost my train of thought Um, (laughs) uh, women will think that men are equal but at the same time can still be better but respectful to other women so I I liked the way they were going with this queen but I do agree with you saying that she wasn't a good person (laughs) it's obviously that she was on a spectrum where that women are better beings than men and all of that so I liked it, but at the same time, I didn't like it. <laughs> no, and I think that you made a lot of really good points there. I feel like that described exactly how I felt about her. I disliked, as I said, her unwillingness to really do anything to make sure that her daughter was happy just because, say, she was forced into a marriage that she was unhappy with doesn't mean necessarily that she should kind of tell her daughter to pretty much like, hey, buck up and take it pretty much. Uh, I had to, so you have to as well. I didn't like that. And then also she was extremely stubborn. If she had not been so stubborn, her kingdom wouldn't have been freaking demolished. I mean, she was mm-hmm. extreme, she was extremely rude to the prince of Nilfgaard, just mocking him. So obviously that played out later on in the series. And her, want, you know, Geralt, first of all, everything, right? She was confident in her, in her war tactics, thinking yeah. that they could fight up against Nilfgaard, which killed pretty much everyone. And Geralt wanted to take Ciri from everything and protect her. And, of course, she's stubborn. The queen didn't want that. And we saw what happened eventually. And finally, in her, like, dying breath, she was like, fine, Geralt of Rivia. It's like, oh, now you want this to happen because now you see that you dumb. So I think that was my whole thing with it. Um, And I think you described all of it 100% perfectly. So, yeah, um, but... Your scene was the law of surprise, and I cannot disagree with you at all because it was a great scene. It was a great episode. Um, And as I said earlier, that whole fight choreography was done by a different person from the rest of the series, so I thought it was really good. And maybe that fight choreographer will come back in season two. But AJ, we are down to the absolute last, in our top 10 moments from Netflix's The Witcher. 
and we have gone through a shit ton of scenes. We've really delved into it, and we have had a lot of fun. Before I say my number one, I'm actually going to go through all of the ones that we said before. Uh, we did, for number 10, Geralt versus Renfri. Number nine is uh, the toss your coin to toss the coin to your Witcher moment. Number eight is Yennefer's transformation. Number seven is Yennefer trying to save the baby. Number six is Geralt talking to his mother. Number five is the orgy scene. Number four is uh, <laughs> uh, Geralt's quote to the warlock. Number three is Yennefer versus Yaskier. Number two is the Law of Surprise. And number one, I know that I should – okay, I really wanted to do um, Yennefer's, like, whole moment where she is trying to capture the djinn. And, you know, she has the moment where she's, like, yelling, like, you know, where – uh, Geralt's like, stop this, what do you want? And she screams, I want everything. But I feel like we did already kind of say, we went through that a little, like in general, that's kind of Yennefer's thing, she wants everything. And there's a whole subplot there, her interactions with um, with Geralt, him kind of even pointing out the, like, her being a little unrealistic, even in wanting a baby and her lifestyle and blah, 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 blah. But I feel like since this is, like, number one, I kind of need to put the ending and as a whole. So there's obviously so much to say, but I'll, I'll go through the points of it, right? Obviously, we have the final battle in all of this, which was pretty freaking badass. I mean, the one scene where I've – really bad with names, so please forgive me, but the one mage who's with Nilfgaard and they're trying to kind of catapult those, like, energy balls, and it's pretty much like these other mages having to, like, sacrifice themselves. I thought that that was really, like, crazy looking, because she tells, like, the one woman, okay, you're next, and we see that the woman looks next to her, and it's just, like, a robe on the floor, and it's like, oh, because it, again, like, takes everything from them. Um, and then from that to Yennefer kind of being on the sideline for most of it, and then finally it was like, you know, release your chaos, and she fucking released her fucking chaos. It was insane. <laughs> and then while, And then while all of that is happening, there's this, you know, there's this battle happening, and I really thought that Geralt was going to get to it, right? And it's like, no, that's going to be obviously for season two because literally the whole entire season, Siri and Geralt never met up with each other until the final and the end. And this goes back to us kind of saying that throughout the whole entire series, they purposely kept saying, hey, witchers don't have any emotions. And yet, the first thing that Geralt and Ciri do, and they've never met each other, right? They have never, ever met each other. You would think it would be like, you know, one of those things where he's like, hey, I'm Geralt, I'm supposed to be your, you know, guardian. No, he freaking, like, embraces her and hugs her. This, like, child that he's never met before, but it's like destiny always has a way of bringing people together. And that 
was just so amazing. And so they're doing that. And you think, okay, how does that connect to Yennefer? Because as you said earlier at this point, him and Yennefer aren't even together anymore. Um, and then Siri goes, who's Yennefer? And that's like, obviously, okay, well, Geralt, we got to go, we got to go help Yennefer now because she's involved in this like massive war where like every single mage is dead. So um, the ending, uh, all of that is my pick. And again, I know it's a lot, but what were your thoughts on that ending of season one? It was a great ending. Um, I remember specifically Larry right after I watched that ending, I tweeted out, I thought that the whole of season one of The Witcher is better than season one of Game of Thrones. And it was specifically because of the ending where we do see Yennefer release her chaos. And when she released her chaos, you can just tell that she is releasing literally her chaos, all of her pain, misery, everything. You can just by a look of her face, you can just see that she's releasing everything that she suffered within the past. Her father, um, uh, what is it? Um, um, arguing with her lover and just everything that she did not like. She released all that away. And you can tell that it was a great moment for us as fans, and it was a great moment for Jennifer, not just to, like, end the war, end the war within, like, 0.5 seconds of releasing her power, but it, it was, it was a, an amazing scene. And going on to, like, Siri and Gerald meeting up, finally, finally, after it's been <laughs> it's been saying, <laughs> She is your destiny. He is your destiny throughout the whole freaking season. And we finally get to see him. And I feel like that was a great payoff. Um, I can't wait to see those two interact in next season because it looks like they're going to be really good to, um, with each other. And, uh, yeah. Um, what else? What else am I forgetting? Uh, the whole the whole war scene with all the witches. Um, I think one of them betrayed. It was that um, not necessarily that she betrayed them, but she was, I guess, like taken over yeah. and mind controlled. controlled. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I thought I thought that was a good scene. Just seeing witches go at it um, with their powers, I thought was really cool. Um, but this, the ending of season one, did get me excited for season two. And now that we don't have season two, <laughs> I'm, I'm mad <laughs> because it was so damn good. How that ending finished. Uh, wondering where Yennefer is at. We don't know where Yennefer is at, so we got to go on the hunt for Yennefer now. <laughs> and hopefully it won't take until the last episode of season two until those three get together. Um, but, yeah, I I agree. Um, the ending should definitely be number one 
on the top ten of The Witcher. Yeah. Uh, oh my god, I'm gonna be so mad if season two is like it takes the whole entire season. Like, no, 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 you can't pull this shit with me again. All right, stop it. But yeah, yeah, it was good uh, for season one. It was, I, I was, I was, I was getting a little irritated at the beginning because we couldn't, we didn't get them together. But it was fine. Hopefully, they won't do it again. Hopefully. <laughs> As you said, it's like the whole entire season is like, I'm your destiny. I'm your destiny. And, okay, when is destiny going to happen? And I was like, uh, I remember thinking to myself, okay, how many times do I got to see Siri walking through a forest? And apparently it was the whole entire season that I had to watch or walk through a freaking forest. But it's fine. It's fine. They're together now. Um, He has his little adopted daughter there. And they're going to go get mom, and they're going to get the band together. It's going to be fine. But, yeah, um, it was just intense. It was intense. The season. Uh, end season. Oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead. Uh, season two, the first episode of season two. I know this is not going to happen, but I really hope that Joe um, meets his dad and fights him. <laughs> I really hope that happens. <laughs> I want the same level of choreography that we got with him and um, Renfrey. I hope we get that with him and his father. Not, it doesn't even have to be episode one. I hope it happens sometime in the second season because I just think that would be a cool moment. But we can keep talking. No, no, it's perfectly fine. I was going to say during that battle scene with the mages, the scene, because you, you thought that at some point they were winning, and then, of course, there were all these twists and turns, and to me, one of the moments that really was a shocker was when the two, I think they were these two little boys, that when these two little boys, who were obviously possessed by whatever the other bad witch um, had done to them, they pretty much take the little bombs and just drop them onto the tables of the other potions that are pretty much bombs, just annihilating everyone. I don't know if that town is worth saving because I think everyone's freaking dead. Hmm. That That's my personal belief there, but yeah, the whole thing was very intense, and I'm looking forward to seeing Geralt involvement with it and what they necessarily have in place for the second season. It You have to imagine that the showrunner has plans because the second season was renewed before the first season even freaking came out. So she's got to mm-hmm. be looking for something there. I'm really freaking excited. I love this uh, season so much and I agree with you, AJ, that I think that the first season of The Witcher is better than the first season of Game of Thrones. And it, by the way, isn't that the tweet of yours that got over like a thousand freaking likes? <laughs> <Yes. laughs> I got a lot of hate on that one too. I got like a bunch of messages. <laughs> I was like, no, season, no, it was, it was no Game of Thrones is better than The Witcher. I was like, I 100% agree with you, but I didn't think season one of Game of Thrones was better than season one of The Witcher. 
Overall, Game of Thrones is a better show. Just that's because you got what eight seasons of Game of Thrones. We only have one season of The Witcher, so I was only comparing season one to season one of both series. So, yeah, I just wanted to point that out. People was like, people thought that meant like Game of Thrones was worse than The Witcher, even though The Witcher only has one season. No, yeah, I mean it's unfair to say. You know, if you were sitting there and you were like, okay, it's better than the entire series, that's a little unfair to even say. But I would agree that the first season um, of The Witcher is definitely better because the first season of Game of Thrones took a lot of time setting a lot up. And the first season of The Witcher just kind of just went with it. They just they went within. They're like, all right, you're, you'll figure everything out as you keep going. We don't have to necessarily take a People lot of time to that shit up. Yeah, we don't they're need like, to explain anything. Smart. Things they're are like, going to happen. Our audience is smart. They'll they'll figure it out. Game of Thrones, first season of Game of Thrones is like, let's explain this, and then this, and then this, <laughs> and then <laughs> so. And then explain this some a, more. Yeah, basically. Yeah, absolutely. Now, The Witcher, I will say it took me, I think, I want to say it took me pretty much up until either episode four or five, though, to realize that there are three different timelines. Because I, I was oh, at first yeah. like, okay, yeah. what's going on? <laughs> it did take me a little like, while, why but back now. What? <laughs> I was like, why did they go back to here? And then why are they replaying this? I was like, oh, wait. It's just three different timelines. I'm dumb. Like you said, (laughs) it took us like four episodes to figure that out. I was like, okay, now I'm stupid. But, yeah. (laughs) I mean, I don't mind as much. Some people were really pissed about that, but I'm a big fan of Westworld, and nothing was more confusing than the second season of Westworld. So I'm good. Now I just know that for the second season of The Witcher to be on the lookout, there are going to be multiple timelines. So that's it. But yeah, mm-hmm. this this series is so fantastic. I love it so much. There is no one better to be Geralt of Rivia than Henry Cavill. There's no one better that they could have picked to be Yennefer other than Anya Chalotra. They're just fantastic. Their chemistry together is insane. Um, I just, I know that it's impossible, but I want them to have babies, but I guess they'll just have to have theory, which is fine as well. But, (laughs) and not just impossible because of Yennefer. Uh, Geralt explained that he is sterile. So either way, no babies for them. But they have series, so that's hey. their adopted baby. <laughs> They're a little family. It's cute. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Um, before, um, let's get off topic real quick. So okay, <laughs> we're getting more Marvel stuff. This was so way off topic. But who would you want? Anya to play. Like in in Marvel? Yes. Ooh. I like that. That's really cool. Um 
Hmm. Who would I want to be good at? Okay. I don't know if they would ever be interested in bringing these characters back or bringing them, say, in the Marvel, like the movie universe or even the Disney Plus universe, which I know is the Marvel universe, but you know what I mean. I can see mm. her as a good Electra. I feel like she would be a good oh, Electra. Yes. <laughs> I love Elodie Young as Electra. I love Elodie Young as Electra. I want her to come back. As much as you just, want, um, oh, God, now you're going to get mad at me. I just lost a trans thought. Um, Frank Castle. Frank Castle. Uh, John Berthold. There we go. I got it. Don't get mad at me. <laughs> but <laughs> as much as much as you want John Berthold back as um, Punisher, I want Elodie Young back as Electra. That's how much I love that character. Love her as Electra. And I completely respect that. I'm just saying, like, let's say if there's some sort of legality or if scheduling-wise, Elodie couldn't come back, if they wanted to bring Electra in and they needed someone new, I think that Anya could completely do it. Um, or... Um, yeah, I'm not completely sure because you know me. I'm not, like, overly knowledgeable of, say, the Marvel world in the comics um Mm -hmm. i just kind of like know what i watch on screen but she would probably not be a good fit maybe for miss marvel or do you think that she would be able to be a good miss marvel i think she would be a good miss marvel i guess what it is is because i I see like all these rumors that they go on sorry no, I was just going to say, I see all these, like, pictures of Miss Marvel from the comic books, and she looks, like, very young and adolescent, and that's not Anya. So I think that's the only reason why I would say that maybe she wouldn't be a good Miss Marvel. Yeah. I mean, the, um, the MCU changes a lot of things up anyway, so I don't really yeah. think that age is a big factor in not being able to play but I think I think she should play Black Cat. <laughs> I think she has, That'd be a good one. I think, mm-hmm. I think she has like the what is it called? The finesse of Black Cat, um, sexiness of Black Cat. I I just think she'll fit the role perfectly. And that that's who I would pick. Um, if they bring Black Cat into the MCU. So hopefully. This is a big hope. I'm praying. Is this the only thing? Huh? Is this the only thing that um, Black Cat in the comics is in a relationship with Spider-Man? Yeah. Right? I'm just Mm -hmm. saying that I can't see that happening. They would have to keep uh, Peter Parker... With MJ, I mean, they don't have to have you, a relationship. Technically, Black Cat is older than Peter, and she still flirts with him. <laughs> oh, technically not Peter. It's Spider-Man. it's Spider-Man she flirts with, not Peter Parker. So they, they can play with that, even though it might be a little weird, but hey. <laughs> Tom Hardy, not Tom Hardy, goodness. Um, Tom, Tom Holland, Holland is is 
over 21, so it's it's fine. <laughs> it is fine. <laughs> We're not going to get into the debate of uh, the final season of Game of Thrones where everyone said that it was wrong to see Arya in a sex scene, meanwhile the actress oh, was like twenty three or something. <laughs> I, I think yeah, I think she was okay. I mean, pe- people talk, so I'm not gonna argue it. I will Done say arguing that for Game of Thrones. we we will say that uh, Peter Parker. You know, they did actually flirt a little with that in Far From Home. You know, he's supposed to be playing, like, what, a 16-year-old? And, like, this woman, like, clearly a grown woman walks in on him. So, you Mm -hmm. know, Marvel was like, I guess they didn't care. But, yeah. Um, Did we talk about AJ, who we would want to maybe see? And I know this is never going to happen, but we can play around. You you opened up the door to play around here. Uh, (laughs) Who... Who Henry Cavill could play in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Oh, you're going to have to give me some. You you go first. You're going to have to give me some time on that one. (laughs) I mean, I I decided just to be really obvious about it, and I thought that he would play Captain Britain. We're ever going to introduce Captain Britain into the – I mean, technically – we have now a lot of Captain Americas. We have Sam Wilson. We have U.S. Agent, who's supposed to be, you know, the government's answer to Captain America. We have the Red Guardian, who's Russia's version of Captain America. Why not have Captain Britain? And we'll put Henry Cavill in it. Yeah. I think that's pretty good. No, I, I think that's pretty a uh, good choice. Um, but... Oh, that that really is a tough one. I might have to go. Ooh, I don't know. Uh, I want to say, no, oh, no, no. I don't want that either. <laughs> yeah, I kind of want to hear what talk. you want to we're say. Gonna, <laughs> no, we're we're gonna have to do a separate podcast with Juwan or Kanan and. The, um, everybody else on a separate podcast just focusing on uh, fan casting for Marvel or DC because that that that's a good one right there. I got, I'm going to think about that one. I mean, those are always fun, so I have no problem saying that we're going to do those. But, um, yeah, listen, we are – Marvel and DC fans, we love comic book stuff. So anytime we watch actors and they're in something else, we're going to want to try and cast them into one of these universes. It's just how we are. But um, AJ, while we have a little bit of time left, tell me what... I I picked someone. I picked someone. I'm sorry. I picked someone. Oh, no, please. I am choosing. I am choosing Gladiator for Henry Cavill to play. Uh, I love Gladiator. I'm not overly there familiar with Gladiator, other than Russell Crowe. <laughs> what was that? I said I'm not overly familiar with this character, other than uh, the Russell Crowe character. 
Russell Crowe played Glad. Oh, oh, okay. I was like, wait, Russell <laughs> Crowe. I, I, I just realized that it was Gladiator the movie. Okay, I, I'm stupid here. <laughs> but like I said, we can talk about fan casting on another podcast because that that would be a good one to do. Make sure you write that down because we're going to bring it up to Juwan and you don't want to forget. You don't want to be on the podcast and Juwan go, all right, AJ, what do you think? You'd be like, oh, I forgot. I'm going to tweet it. I'm going to tweet it. I'm going to actually do a thread for a Marvel fan casting later on tonight. So be on the lookout for that. Make sure you tag me. I will. I want to see all that. Good. Good. So, while we have just a few more minutes, really quickly, tell me what you want to see in the second season of The Witcher. Like I said, I really hope that we get to see Gerald's dad. Um, I hope we get a fight between them. Um, hopefully one doesn't kill the other, but I just want to see a good old father-son brawl. <laughs> um I can't wait to see the. I can't wait to see Gerald and Jennifer together again. I'm really excited about that. Um, I think that's about it right now. That's all I can think of. Yeah. More great, more um, better choreography. Hopefully, they'll find someone. That was just as great as the people that choreographed the first fight in episode one. So, yeah, that's about it for now at least. Fingers fingers crossed with that, honestly. But, yeah, I just kind of want to see more of Siri's powers because we obviously saw that she has some sort of great ability that really can Mm -hmm. freaking annihilate shit. Um, She might be what the mages need to win their war. So obviously we're going to have to see what happens after the war theory. Um, and then as you know, I think we all want to have the reunion between Geralt and Yennefer. So I am extremely excited. I'm mad that we got to wait a year, but it's okay. Uh, Henry Cavill actually just announced on Twitter that pre-production for season two will begin very, very soon, and that makes me really, really happy. So, uh, AJ, what can we expect from you? And please tell everyone about our Patreon page. Okay, so we at Geeks Rod Nation are starting a Patreon page. You can sign up now. Uh, I'll probably um, – we'll – um, bring uh, send a link on Twitter. It's AJ underscore Geeks Vibes. Um, within that Patreon, we'll be doing movie tournaments, anime tournaments, uh, video game tournaments, comic book tournaments. And if you don't want to join the Patreon, you can still join our Discord. Um, that will also send a link um, on my Twitter. That way we can get more people to vote for those that do join our Patreon so we can hopefully have non-biased opinions against someone and all of that. 
So make sure to check out our Patreon and Discord, and that's about it. Yes, please, everyone, make sure that you check out AJ's Twitter page for updates on our Patreon page and our Discord um, thread. He does really awesome work being in charge of both of those because Lord knows I don't know anything about any of that stuff. So <laughs> I feel like a grandma right now because Brittany will talk yeah, about you too. Twitch. Right, uh, Brittany will talk about Twitch, and I'm like, what's Twitch? What are we doing here? I don't understand. Yeah. So, But, yeah, <laughs> it's going to be a lot of fun. We are definitely doing um, everything we can to reach everyone on all different platforms. So no matter where you are, you can get content from us, and it'll just be exciting. And please make sure that you follow our Instagram, our Twitter, our uh, Facebook. We're on Vero, which I just recently discovered. As um, AJ said, Patreon, Discord, our YouTube channel that we're going to be building up. It's just going to be amazing. And please make sure that you follow me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Vero, TFAV. I do a lot of reviews. We do these podcasts. We just do everything because we are nerds and geeks, and this is what we love to do. Um, and please make sure that you stay tuned for tomorrow afternoon. We'll be doing Geek Vibes Live, and it's just going to be a great time. Uh, make sure you watch The Witcher, even though if you listen to the entirety of this podcast you definitely know everything that happened but you should still go watch it uh uh let's yeah do all that aj thank you so much um it is always so amazing having you on these shows i'm glad that you love the witcher just as much as i do because it's been amazing just being able to like fan out with you so thank you aj and thank you everyone for listening see you next time Oh,